Before we get into today's episode, I have a quick message from my sponsor, Cloudways. Cloudways is a managed cloud hosting platform that simplifies your web hosting experience. The platform allows businesses to focus on their growth and have complete peace of mind with 24-7 support and flexibility to scale. Can we just say support is hugely important when it comes to hosting? And thanks to Cloudways, they are offering an exclusive discount for the Kim Doyle Show listeners. Visit cloudways.com and use the promo code KIM20 to get 20% off for two months on the hosting plan of your choice. All right, guys, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to F the Hustle. I'm your host, Kim Doyle. You want a life that is meaningful and exciting. In this podcast, we're going to talk about launching and growing an online business that fits your lifestyle. F the Hustle is all about doing good work, building real relationships, and most importantly, creating a business that supports how you want to live your life. You don't have to sacrifice the quality of your life today to create something that sets your soul on fire. And yes, that includes making a lot of money. So we'll be talking about selling, charging what you're worth, and how earning more means helping more people. My goal is to help you find freedom and create a business on your terms. What up, what up, what up? Long time no chat. Welcome back to another episode of F the Hustle with Kim Doyle. I, of course, am Kim Doyle. I have so much to update you guys on and really, I'll, I'll share a little bit. I've emailed about this as to my absence, but um, have no fear. As you heard at the beginning of this episode, Cloudways is sponsoring the podcast. So we are going to be back on a brilliantly fabulous uh, weekly schedule. So look for that. There's plenty of episodes in the can. But before we jump in today's episode, into today's episode, which is raising the bar, it's time to own your expertise. Uh, let me just do an update for you. And I don't know, um, <laughs> this could be quick. This could be rambly. So buckle up, buttercup. Let's enjoy the ride. Okay. I am recording this. Um, yeah, mid-February. And January went sideways really quickly. Sorry, my necklace is stuck. <laughs> Welcome to fidgety. Anyways, so January kind of went sideways. I had a friend come to town uh, January 6th. And this was originally, um, my, this is not originally, my best friend from high, uh, growing up across the street. Like we've known each other since we were like five and have just always stayed in touch. And one of those just beautiful friendships where, you know, you cannot talk for a couple of years and it's like no time has passed. Like we were both in each other's weddings, baby showers, all that stuff. But she moved up to the Sacramento area. I was still in the Bay Area, but just have always stayed in touch. And like our families know each other, all of that. Anyway, so she was coming and she was supposed to be coming with two other friends from high school that I've not seen <laughs> since probably my early 20s. Awesome. They're hysterical. I They're just wonderful women also. So one of them got COVID. One was afraid of getting stuck here if she got COVID. So they didn't come. She did. We had a wonderful week. It was it was just delightful. And so I didn't really... We did a little bit of work. She's a CPA, has her own firm, and does um, some you know consulting and negotiating of buying and selling businesses too. So it was great. It was very, very easy. Um, had a wonderful time we went and did. It was funny. It's the first time I've done a boat <laughs> trip since I've been a ghost guy. We did a catamaran uh, snorkeling sunset cruise. Oh my gosh, this is one of my most favorite activities here ever. 
you literally, it was like one to six and you take the boat out, big, huge catamaran. And then you can snorkel, you can paddleboard off the boat. I want to say a paddleboard, said kayaks. Um, and there's a guide that takes you out to show you where to look and everything. And then they feed you. It's open bar, which we didn't really partake in that much. I had a couple margaritas. But then coming back, the whole ride back was watching the sunset. And you guys have seen my pictures. It never gets old. It never gets old. Anyways, so that was great. Took her to the airport. A few days later, literally four days later, my dad and some dear family friends were supposed to be coming down. And the day they were supposed to be flying here, I got COVID. And oh my goodness, that kicked my arse. I was down for two weeks, um, a full one week where I felt crappy. The second week, I was just really tired recovering. Um, And I didn't, I think I posted after when I started feeling better, but I was so sad. You guys, like I called my dad. I'm like, you guys can't come. Um, They're rescheduling for August, but it was, it was nuts. And it was a great reminder about being so grateful. I kept thinking, God, if I were in Boise, I would have been screwed. I knew like two people in Boise and I have a great set of friends down here. Um, And it's my therapist who mentor, you know, she's down here. She went to the pharmacy and got me stuff. And it, the hardest thing about it was probably that a, I didn't have my bathtub. I don't have a tub here. However, ready for this, you guys, my aunt has ordered me a portable tub and I am going to LA in March, beginning of March to see my daughter. And so I'll be bringing back a portable tub. My shower is huge. I can literally set this thing up in there. Anyways, I could have, I would have killed for a tub because my body hurt so bad. And um, what else did I want? The tub. Oh, that was it. I, I w- would have done anything for some NyQuil, which is when this is the difference. It's fascinating down here. The pharmacy, there's a lot of things you can literally walk in, talk to the pharmacist, and they will just hand you something that you would need a prescription for in the States. Mind you, you're not getting a bottle of it. So she brought me something to sleep and something for the pain because ibuprofen didn't touch it. My body hurt so bad. Anyway, some magic came out of all of that. So then it was kind of catching up, you know, the end of January and beginning of February, it was like, okay, because I I just had to cancel everything. And there were times where I thought I can work today and I would get up and I'd come to my desk. And then by like one o'clock, I was like, I have to go back to bed. So, and I'm vaccinated, uh, not boosted, but long story short, that went sideways. However, here's the magic that comes from all of these types of experiences in life. I got a real glimpse into having a lot more white space in my life. You guys have heard me use that term. I love looking at my calendar and seeing blocks of time where there's nothing scheduled. I'm working during those times, but like I don't want to go in. I know you know, like some people are really good. They'll go in and they'll block time that says work on this, work on this. I'd actually rather write down what needs to be done, look at my week, base what needs to be done based on um, like a, uh, if something is due, right? If I've got a, a time, a deadline, if there's a time frame attached to something, other than that, here's the deal. Everything gets done. I focus on my energy and what I feel like doing. Like you guys, I literally wrote this post 
the day before I tested positive for COVID. So <laughs> this was written a long time ago. But so much has happened. And it's like, talk about timing. I'm very, very excited about this. So anyway, I am well. Uh, next little update. I, I believe I mentioned probably that I had been considering moving out of Costa Rica. And it's probably like a whole separate episode and mindset thing in and of itself. But I have decided to stay in Costa Rica. And uh, my lease isn't up until the end of May, but I'm pretty, I'm, well, I would say I'm 99% sure, 98% sure I'm going to sign another year lease. Let me just tell you, talk about a mindset shift, making that decision. <laughs> my therapist said, yeah, because you got your ass off the fence. It just felt really good. And so I've sort of jumped back into my life down here. I found a dentist I like, you know, just kind of all these things that say I'm going to stick around for a bit. So. That felt really good. And I'm very excited about that. And I have a lot of visitors coming when I I spoke to my dad about rescheduling. I was like, here's the deal, dad. I can only do one visitor a month because that would have, it would have been exhausting had my dad and these family friends come because I was gone for two weeks at Christmas. And then I like, and I had someone at my house. I don't know if you guys remember that, um, which probably won't do that again. Um, But it, it was just a lot, right? And so I really feel like my year didn't even start until February, which is where I'm at. And this glimpse, though, this gift of having this white space in my life, I don't know if I, if I put a ball on that <laughs> idea, but it really made me step back and look at what do I want my business to look like? How do I want to spend my time? And I do this a lot. I'm not someone that avoids the... I, I'm too... I'm too woke, you guys. I'm just kidding. That just came to me. <laughs> but it's sort of that, you know, once you know something, you can't unring a bell. And I know what that feels like. And it was delightful. It was simply delightful. And so that's kind of that ties into this because I also made a very big investment in my business last week. This is someone and and I'm I don't intentionally being cryptic about it, but I'll share it more from a place of implementation than just getting started. Um, and this is somebody I'd been following them. Gosh, I think I first heard her on a podcast and I'd heard her name before. Didn't think anything of it. And you guys, I love this. Remember when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So I had heard her name and then listened to a podcast with someone else where she was the guest. And so much of what she said resonated with me. And so letting you know, here, here's kind of the gist of where I'm at. And I'm, and you guys, this is still not the full podcast episode. So bear with me. But I ran the the couple of cohorts for email insiders last year. And it was, they were raw pilot. Let's hop, you know, I had structured teachings and stuff, but it was a very um, open model so to speak. And I showed up and I did more calls than I was supposed to. I did a lot of extra calls, more calls than I was supposed to, meaning what I had promised. Right. And it was, I felt like I, I was given, like I was kind of being paid to research and connect with some amazing people because they were small groups. And so in doing that though, and remembering that time is my driver, um, I knew I needed to shift it, that I was going to be doing sort of up-leveling email insiders. And anyways, I had followed this gal for a long time 
and was on her list and saw that, oh, she's doing something new and really dove in. And her business model is really neat. She's a big person, uh, big person, a big believer of Evergreen and getting systems and traffic strategies in place that are, are running on Evergreen. Paid traffic, obviously, is one of them. But obviously, email marketing, that's how I found out about this. It wasn't through an ad. It's because I'm on her list. And then she does these two virtual workshops uh, twice. She does a virtual workshop twice a year, I should say. And that's where they make an offer. It's one day, a handful of live sessions, and they make this offer. And I knew that two things, the two things that probably resonated most with me about her her style and her philosophy is one is that she is not big on social. She's like, I don't do any free content and hear my heart. I'm not going to stop doing content, but social, I would happily step back from. I'm having fun on Twitter, having conversations. I just have not found my footing and what that's going to look like, but that, and then she doesn't do sales calls, which I think is fascinating because when you start raising prices on things, there is this philosophy of, of, um, you, it means more you. And she has demonstrated, she is behind some really big names that have built, you know, seven figure businesses that are sustainable, real businesses, not like, oh, a big launch, then they disappear. Okay, these are real businesses that people have been applying and leveling up and leveling up. Okay, let's just assume that's out of the way. And um, so I just thought there, there, I know there's a better way to do this. I know there's a better way to do this. And so for this virtual workshop she did, there was pre- work like videos to watch. I blitzed, not blitz, but I binge them all. Okay. And I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm in, this is, this is right timing. This is when the student is ready. The teacher appears for me and they do something they call social selling where they, you can reach out and talk to them in the DMS right through Instagram or Facebook. And they're not automated. It's literally a conversation with her client concierge person. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to apply. She's like, actually, you don't have to apply to this program. We're going to open the doors on this date. And I was like, damn, like, because I was ready, you guys. Anyways, uh, you're going to hear more about this. But let me tell you that this was a five-figure investment for six months. I'm doing the monthly payments. I have no doubt in my mind that this was absolutely perfectly in right alignment and timing. I, you know, I feel grateful that I have had the tenacity to stick with everything in my business and my skill set and my commitment and my focus is, I don't know that I've felt this clear before. And I'm really appreciative of that, but I, you know, I'm going to do the work. Shit. If I can do the work to dig in and start understanding copywriting, this is a no brainer. Anyways, I'm going to share that with, I will be sharing that journey with you as the implementation begins. Another piece of this that I love that she has incorporated is the mindset. And I've been talking about this a lot, probably the last couple of years, but nothing's going to shift in your business until your mind shifts. Okay. So your mindset and your beliefs, and it's, it's conscious work. Um, It's not just reading a self-help book or listening to something that inspires you. It's really taking the time and paying attention to the thoughts you think, and can you choose a better thought? Which is a beautiful segue into today's episode. So thanks for joining me on that little update. 
All right. Today's episode, again, raising the bar, it's time to own your expertise. You know, on one hand, it's pretty easy to say own your expertise to other people. On the other hand, it's harder to do that for ourselves. You found that it's very easy to compliment other people and 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 say nice things and and oh yeah, well, you're brilliant at that. You know your shit. And I don't know, you know, I mark this up. I mark my podcast as um, not using explicit language, and I'm not. I I hope not to ever drop the f bomb on here, even though I do in life. But bear with me today, guys. I'm a little spicy today. Anyway, often it's easier to to see something for somebody else, to pay them compliments than it is to take it in, right? Side note to the women listening and probably men, you hit a certain point in life and it's a lot easier to start claiming that. Anyway, I have a tendency to go to one extreme when I get inspired or fired up about something. And then the pendulum swings back to the middle and I'm able to move from a more grounded place. So, And I do it the other way, right? So I can be really frustrated and upset. And then when something shifts, I kind of go far to the other side and I'm super excited. And oh my God, like I really get into that. Holy moly. And it's sort of a, um, it's that adrenaline rush. And then I breathe and then I come back to the middle and I can really operate from a different space. So I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I'm so clear on what I want this year to look like. This March 2022 is going to be my 14th year in business. And I am so grateful that ignorance is bliss because what I'm doing today is not at all what I thought I'd be doing when I started this online journey in 2008. I think I need to swap. It's like midday and I'm still drinking coffee. We're moving to water. Anyways, side note too. I tell my kids all the time that what I'm doing today did not exist when I was their age. So this is my reminder to you. Do not get attached to what things are supposed to look like. My life looks nothing like what I thought it was going to look like. If you had told me pre-losing my husband, 2003, long time ago, but if you had told me that I'd be living in Costa Rica with an internet-based business, I would have thought you were high. Truly. It, there's there's nothing in me that could have seen this, okay? So don't get attached to what things are supposed to look like. And I know I've shared my story a zillion times in terms of what I thought I was going to be doing uh, when I started my business, which was you know writing eBooks and making millions of dollars. <laughs> Hashtag enough said. So even though my business went in a different direction and I have pivoted a handful of times, the journey is what's given me the strength to own my skill set at this stage in the game. And so this is what I'm hoping this episode will do for you as well step into your own expertise and hashtag just show up. We need new voices and perspectives on things. I don't know if you guys have felt this off script. I don't know why I have to tell you guys that. I don't know how many of you listen to this and actually, actually go read the post. Actually, actually, we really need to ease up on caffeine today. Um, But the new voices and perspectives on things, this is what I'm going to talk about for a sec. And that is that, you know, COVID has put us into this sort of paradigm shift, right? We're seeing all of these um, century-old systems, education, finance, you know, corporate stuff. And obviously, I'm only speaking as an American citizen, but I think we have seen this in Western culture for sure. I I, don't, I can't speak to um, Eastern, but this seems pretty common and that 
there, there's disruption happening, right? Disruption is happening. And in a way, I feel like that's kind of happening in the internet marketing space. The fact that Facebook is getting spanked right now, which by the way, I still have a post coming. It is the reckoning of Facebook because I emailed my list and asked who's actually using the platform anymore. That's another story. But neither here nor there. When I had started my business, someone had said, oh, Facebook's got a 14-year-old, 14-year run. They're not going anywhere anytime soon, but it's going to start crumbling, right? Like the foundation is clearly not as solid as they thought it was. And again, this is not a Facebook discussion, but people want something different. We are craving it. And so it's the same for specific people. When I see, you know, there's a lot of people that I have followed or subscribed to in this space and where I tend to fall off their list or stop, stop following them is when I don't see an evolution and not just a, a bigger, grander version of what they've been teaching or talking about for years. And that's just because that's a preference for me. I get juiced. I get inspired when I see the shift, the growth, the change, not just bigger and more money, which is great. I'm not judging that. And all wonderful people. But I... I love discovering those nuggets. So I just, I want to remind you that there are so many opportunities and the, you know, the, the creator space, so to speak, all of us, all of those of us, I can't speak today. All of those of us who are those of us, not all of those of us, what am I doing? Those of us who are in the creator space want to find new creators. It's, it's who are, are willing to try something different or, or use a different voice or whatever. Anyway, which brings me to the create versus consume argument. You hear this all the time in the creator space. Stop consuming and start creating. Stop consuming and start creating, right? And it's a completely valid point. But sometimes consuming is what helps you get clear on what you want to create. You guys, I read a lot not often at night because my brain's a little bit fried. I often wake up with my iPad propped, which my neck hates me for. Anyway, it's I, I probably more than I need to, but the bottom line is I like reading and learning. It keeps me excited. If I were doing that instead of ever doing the work, then that could be a problem, but it's not, it's not an issue for me. It was through my consumption that I found what resonated most for me. Let's think about this program I just invested in. It was through consuming and realizing there is another way to do this. And this woman has figured it the hell out. I'm going to learn from her. This resonates with me as a person. It resonates with me as a business. I get to create something bigger, like all of those things, right? But it was through watching the trainings. I didn't just register and think I'll get to it. I was like, "Eh," because the time is right. But you'll see patterns and behaviors that start emerging when you read and learn about specific topics consistently. And is there a danger in consuming more than you create? Absolutely. But it truly depends on where you are in your journey and whether or not you're actually doing the work. You're the only one that can answer that, guys. I'm not here to scream and yell about, do the work. Although I get ranty, I know that. Maybe the point in your journey right now is clarity. And you don't know how to do that without trying stuff or investing in things. You know, this isn't about judging you for buying shiny objects either. I, I'm tired of that mantra. We all go through it. It's how we learn. I, I'm, I'm over that too, right? And these, 
you need to do this, the pontificating that happens on social media that if you'd stop buying stuff and start creating, of course, but nobody's ever, whoever gets shamed into making lasting change, not many people. Anyway, until about five years ago, I probably consumed a lot of content on anything relative to digital marketing, whether it was SEO, video marketing, email marketing, funnels, content creation, e-commerce, advertising, copywriting, podcasting, etc. Right? I had to just dump everything in there. I probably forgot. Oh, you notice I left out social media. That's funny. The funny thing is, even though some of those topics aren't interesting to me, top of the list being SEO and advertising, and clearly social media, since I didn't even include it, I still consumed it because I felt like I had to. And I'm at a stage now, specifically with SEO and advertising, that you know, I there's a lot of SEO I need to do on my site as I have gone into this niche for myself, which is email marketing and newsletters, and and finding your voice, kind of. Which I haven't clarified that piece yet, but so I know that it will behoove me, as I use that word, to do the right keyword research and see where there's opportunity. Create some pillar content. Like I know enough guys, but do I want to subscribe to an SEO newsletter and make tweaks and edits? No, I really don't. I I felt though, I felt like I had to have an understanding of all the things. And this is where the old saying of jack of all trades and master of none comes in. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. And I'm I want to challenge you to start thinking about these things differently. Even if you don't come out of this episode or nothing comes to you, let it percolate and see what happens. And I'm working on another post. This is all off script again about, and I am going to um, not use the real word here, but it's the mind effery (laughs) of productivity goals and hacks because this, this, and again, guys, I love all the dudes in my life. I am not anti-men, but it's such a male-dominated space of productivity and hacks and do this and do this and do this. And when I started thinking back to, I really started looking at motivation and, and self-help and most of it was business stuff. Like when I was 22, everybody I listened to was a man. Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Dennis Waitley, Brian Tracy, um, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, the soup, chicken soup for the souls. Remember, I was in the book industry for like 10 years. So I knew a lot of these. And I, and, and I went through it all and it got me hyped and it got me hyped. But why didn't it, it resonate deeply with me? And then I found Wayne Dyer and went into more of a, he has a book. It's actually called There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem. And I was like, oh, this feels better, right? But didn't know at the time. And so I had this epiphany though that what if just because everybody's been writing at goals and productivity for years and it has to be done this way. And I know that there's data to support it, but what if there's another way that feels right for me? And I think that's what we're missing. We're told what we need to do. You need a morning routine. You need to get up at 4am. You need to do this. It's like, no, don't. I don't. I'm pr- I am living proof. You guys, I'm living in Costa Rica, living my ideal day every day. And so you don't. Anyways, back to the jack of all trades. The one thing that often gets left out of this is the full saying. And the full phrase is, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. 
it used to be a compliment. It was, it was far from letting it deter their path. And, you know, some entrepreneurs swear that being a jack of all trades brings benefits. For me, it was my path and journey here. And I, I don't apologize for it. I'm very public about having an opinion on something and then changing it or being definitive about I'm going to let this go. And then I change my mind or I don't care. I just don't care. That's how I learn. That's, that's what's brought me here. Could I have, could I have saved myself some headache and heartache? Probably. But man, it wasn't until I got my mindset right. And I got in alignment with what feels good. Anyway, so let's look at this. Think about traditional education, right? Which in many ways is broken, but we'll leave that discussion for another time or never. (laughs) Okay. But you go to school and you study general education for the first 12 to 14 years of your life. Personally, I think we could do without the two years of lower division in college these days, but I digress again. Once you've built that foundation, then you go on to a focused area of study. If you're lucky with your business, you're able to find that focused area that becomes your specialty early on. But sometimes the price of admission to getting there is the general education. The trial and error that comes from trying and testing new things are how we learn. If someone had told me 10 years ago that I would have fallen in love with writing, email marketing, newsletters, and dare I say copywriting, which is really more of a love-hate relationship, I would have thought they lost their mind. Yet here I am. I am going all in with these topics. I just, which you'll hear about at the end, I'll give you a little tip, uh, just did a, launched a second newsletter with Jason Resnick and it's called Deliver It. And we are building an email list from scratch, zero. We're building in public. We're going to share every experiment and test. You can go to deliver it, getdeliverit.com. Anyway, so I guess I'll just tell you now instead of at the end. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. Before we get deeper, though, into how you can figure out your own area of expertise and how to own it, I want to address the so-called elephant in the room in terms of claiming your expertise or not wanting to call yourself an expert. All right, so first, let's look at the true definition of the word expert. And there's a noun and an adjective, and I'm going to give them both to you. The noun is a person who has a comprehensive and authoritative knowledge of or skill in a particular area. An adjective is having or involving authoritative knowledge. So let's just clarify. And I feel like this is sort of a broken record and it's, it's known enough. But you hear that in both definitions, neither one is stating that you need specific credentials. All right, you don't. Can you talk and come from a place of confidence in helping people solve a problem in your area of expertise? Okay, that's that was good. I'm going to have to transcribe that. <laughs> but because we're living in such a quote unquote interesting time, meaning people do Google researches and think they're experts. Did I say Google researches? I did, but you knew my point. I just want to point out one piece of the first definition, the noun, which is or a skill in a particular area. There are certain fields that obviously require extensive training through accredited programs, universities, etc. So for the sake of all of our sanity, let's narrow this down to the digital marketing space. And the example I refer to often is Russell Brunson. Now, love him or hate him. I feel like you could learn so much by paying attention to what he does. His books are great. So maybe if his voice doesn't resonate with you, um, get the books. And I also want you to, I think people, there's another piece here 
in terms of marketers and marketing in general, that there's a level of self-responsibility that's required. Meaning, and, and this isn't a judgment or an assumption, okay? But meaning I don't like that way of selling. It feels smarmy. I don't trust him. Okay, so there's all of that kind of stuff that happens with, with marketers. Now, if it goes beyond, and I'm playing armchair psychologist here, okay? But if it goes beyond the, nah, that doesn't feel right, doesn't resonate with me, meh, don't dig it, then that's a, that, to me, that's a valid point. Nah, that doesn't really work for me. I'm going to find somebody else. But if it's, oh my God, I don't trust him, like all of these things, and it, it, it um, ignites a, so I, I'm going to attempt to use a vocabulary word here a visceral reaction in your body, like you have a physical reaction to that, then that's your shit. And I believe that 100%. What about this is triggering it in you? Is it because you haven't deployed this? You haven't tried an upsell? You haven't tried these things? You guys, this stuff works. There's a reason that there are, are marketing strategies that have stood the test of time. And so much of it comes back to the psychology on communication. I was listening to his podcast actually this morning. And there was a, a great example. This is also off script. Um, but it was a really great example. And I think this will drive home the point. There was, um, I think they just did a e-commerce event or something. And there's a gal, Allison Prince, who um, has spoken at Funnel Hacking Live. And she's a big e-commerce player in the e-commerce space. Millions and millions of dollars. And she was talking about the problem when e-commerce doesn't work is because you're focusing on the product, not the, she didn't say transformation. What did she say? But the, uh, she had a very specific word for it. And so they did like this little case study with somebody and the person who said, here's what's going on. They were um, a Latin chef. And there's a reason for me explaining this because everything they they said, you know, I don't know if it's because my audience, everything's in Spanish. They're not familiar with the funnels, all this kind of stuff. Right. But this chef who has written an ebook on, uh, her goal is that she wants to get people cooking at home or to spend time with family. Right. And to come back to sort of that communal feeling of when we cook at home and we eat at home together. And as a chef, she knows how to make it easy. Right. So she's got a really, uh, unique, um, angle hook, I guess. But the problem is she was focusing on the product. Oh, the ebook as opposed to, so the two examples they gave, and I think that the ebook focuses on breakfast and how you can set your kids up for success that day by having that time with them together. Um, and again, you know, let, let, don't go sideways with, Oh, but I work and I don't have to, just whatever. Let's just focus on the marketing piece of this. Right. So the, the creator explained what was on the sales page and the sales page was talking about easier, faster. I'm going to show you shortcuts, blah, blah, blah. Right. So they basically kind of told them how to make breakfast. Well, most people are like, I know how to make breakfast. I don't need this. Now the reframe Russell and Allison were saying is, is what if it was about, you know, the example Russell gave was his two oldest, their twins or sophomores in high school. And all of a sudden he's thinking, Oh my God, I only have two more years with them home. And then they're off. And if someone had painted that picture of, you know, before you know it, your kids are going to be away to college and here's how to create those moments. And you can do it as simple as spending time having a a breakfast habit with your child. And I'm here to make that happen for you so you can create these memories. And can you feel the difference between 
talking about the product versus talking about the transformation. Okay, so that is one little tiny story I heard this morning. So this circles back to Russell Brunson. Love him or hate him, he is absolutely an expert at what he does. He has studied, i.e. consumed, anything he can get his hands on when it comes to marketing. Like starting as a, I think a kid in high school, he was ordering mail order catalogs and he got on all these lists. Excuse me. And was just fascinated by it. But he's been applying the principles and strategies he studied. I think it's very safe to say he's an expert. I mean, he's built ClickFunnels. I don't know what the latest thing is, but I know it's over a hundred million dollar a year business. And so whether or not his message resonates with you or how he does things, look at it. All right. There's, there's something as simple as when you have an offer, do you have an upsell that is of value? Don't decide because you're selling something else. It's, it's smarmy. If it is an addition or a natural next step, or it complements the first purchase. And the example I love of this was a guy, I remember listening to a story where a guy said, you know, I was going on vacation with my family. I went and I bought a new camera and I came back and I was really pissed at the salesperson because they didn't upsell me an additional battery now because he lost moments because the battery died. And he said, I wish they had upsold me. So it's a lot of this, you guys comes back to reframing how you look at things don't argue for limitations. Don't argue for why it's not going to work or why you can't do it. That is such a waste of energy. I have another friend who's been on the podcast before, Trey Lewone. Trey's also an expert in e-commerce. He didn't get a, deg- a degree in it. He was simply determined to build an online business. He found his sweet spot and he went all in. And so I found my sweet spot through consistent action. Has it been a straight path? Not even kind of, sort of. When I pivoted from the WordPress chick to my personal brand, I started focusing on content marketing. And I had been podcasting for about five years at that point, and I'd gotten great results from sticking with that. When I started my podcast, you guys, I did it just because I wanted to have more fun. The clarity came through consistently doing the work. It, it really, it's because I had to write out my podcast, these show notes. I know I go off script, but it's because I had to do that that I was like, wow, I like this process. I enjoy doing this. I like getting caught in, you know, my own little bubble and I'm writing and I'm processing emotions and feelings and sharing and, and, you know, case, whatever it is. But I, I found myself really enjoying that. As I continued to dig deeper into content marketing and I started paying much more attention to email marketing, excuse me, I, at the time I, I had never really looked at it as a type of content, but it is. And it's also a marketing channel. And side note, on this podcast episode this morning, the the gal with the ebook on cooking said she has a very large uh, Instagram audience, like 56,000 followers. And Russell came back and he said, how are you getting them on your email list? He said, to this day, email is our number one channel. He said the algorithms, we have no control over that. And look at how big the ClickFunnels audiences are across different channels, right? And we know that ads are not working the same way they used to with those two channels specifically, Facebook and Instagram. And he said, you guys are all here because we emailed for it. He said, and businesses start fading out when they stop adding new leads. So that was just a little plug, email marketing. Truly my only regret that I didn't start sooner. But what I did is I started studying how other email marketers were doing it and what they were doing, uh, f- probably for a good year, before I ever invested in an email marketing 
product. Okay. And I've talked about it before. And there are people that I followed before that eh, maybe their voice doesn't totally resonate with me, but I can look through. It doesn't bother me enough that I can't see how this is a good headline or pay attention to how an email has been structured or how the story pivoted to the call to action. And then I jumped in and I started writing. Um, I, at the time I felt like I was on a hamster wheel and I knew I needed to get off of it in order to transition from service work to where I am today. I had to focus on growing my list, communicating effectively with them and ready for this selling to them more on that later though. All I knew was that what I was doing was not working and it was time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I sent out an email about this last week, you guys. Start thinking about, you know, discomfort just means you're stepping into something new. I, you know, you think about when you were a kid and how many, like, it was, I was sharing this friend, uh, coaching client, friend, coaching client. And I remember one Tony Robbins phrase, which I'm not a huge fan these days, but I also cannot begrudge what he's created. And he was my first foray into this, but I remember him saying one time that, um, he said, well, how long would you give your average baby to walk? How long? And it's like, well, I'm going to, they're going to keep going until they walk. Ding, 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 ding. Right. You keep going until you get it. You know, I never thought it would take me 14 years to find this magical sweet spot. And side note, I have felt that I have found that spot before. This is a completely different feeling and it's hard to articulate unless you've been in that space of absolute certainty. Um, but anyways, it's, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Look at that as an indicator as opposed to, I shouldn't do this, or here I go again, or whatever. You know, your brain works really hard to your ego brain, you know, will work hard to hold you back. And again, not being a therapist or a psychologist, I won't go too sideways. But I can tell you from many, many years of doing this work myself, this has been the process for me. Right, so let's talk a little bit about finding your expertise. And we're going to approach this from a different place. So keep your mind open, okay? And I know I've talked to you guys about this before. And as esoteric as this may seem to you, I promise, I promise you that this is gold if you take the time to do this work. The first thing you need to do, and I make all of my coaching clients do this, you have to start with defining how you want to feel and what you want your life to look like. I know that in the United States, none of that matters. And there's buzzwords about this. I talked to a dear friend who, when I was still um, in corporate America, uh, working for a huge retailer, that's where we met. And she worked her way up. She's in HR and she just gave her notice. She's been with this company 20 years. And at the time it was like, oh, this company is so great. It's a, it's a toxic culture. And their lack of ability to innovate, I'm, I'm just this is a super random story. I'm going to tell you guys. So this is a perfect example of how behind the times big, huge corporations are. And this is a major, major retailer with multiple stores under the, the brand. And, but she is a regional HR manager, right? So A, I can only imagine the last couple of years have been nuts for her, but B, she spends most of her time, she said, doing intake calls with um, employees. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? She said COVID intake calls. Every time somebody gets COVID, we have to do an intake call with them. And I thought, well, why don't, why don't they just set up a webpage with a form? <laughs> I was like, what are, 
why? And you guys, I get it that having that personal touch, but I'm like for her region, she could have put a video on it, you know, and just said, hi, and this is what this is. You know, if you feel that you need to reach out, just follow the form, get the form filled out. And on the next page, just, you know, notify us that yes, you would like a call. And she was like, oh my God, that's the, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Right. And they're just stuck behind the times anyway. So just remind yourself that even if you're struggling in your business, it's a hell of a lot better than working for companies that choose not to join the 21st century. Anyway, um, I make every decision or I try to based on how I want to feel and what I want my life to look like. I've done a lot of work on myself in order to live a life outside of the norm. I started my business when no one in my quote unquote real life was really even active online. And remember, I could not even, I didn't know how to do an attach. I I'd never even bothered like, how do I attach something to an email? How do I hyperlink something in email? No clue. I simply knew there was something else I was supposed to do with my life and it was not to work for someone else. So what you need to remember is that when you're starting out, or I think this applies to you if you're pivoting or leveling up or shifting directions, right? There's something you want to do. When you're starting out, you may think there's something you want to do because you enjoy it. But then when you start doing it as a business, it sucks the friggin' life out of you. So there's this element to finding fun in the process, finding fun in what you're creating and and kind of turning it into a game. So for me, learning is with with this specifically. I don't know that I felt this way in high school, but it's kind of a game. I'm gonna figure this out. I, I think I can figure this out. If it doesn't strike a chord with me, then eh, like I'm at a point now, but this is what happened with writing. I'm like, there is a missing piece to this friggin' puzzle. There's a missing piece to getting people to buy. And then when you understand, wow, I can change a sentence and I can increase sales by 20, 30, 40%. Like it's, it's, I think of the Harry Potter, Sorcerer's Stone. Remember if you guys have seen this one, Harry puts his hands on Professor Quirrell and he starts, he's, uh, his hands start disintegrating. What is this magic? What is this? Or do you say sorcery? Now I feel like a horrible Harry Potter fan, but that's how it felt when I realized and this sounds so duh, but you don't get it till you get it, right? But it really felt like, oh my God, what is this? This this is the secret sauce. That's what it was for me, you guys. And that could be funnels for you. Maybe you've already got the writing down. Maybe it's it's, you know, cold cold pitching emails, whatever that is, whatever it is for you. I'm not saying it it needs to be writing. I will tell you, though, that learning to write for the web is probably one of the best skill sets you can have if you're going to invest your time, in my experience. Um, But, you know, I I just, I had zero desire to do service work when I started online, yet that's where I ended up for years because I didn't think I deserved or was worthy of other, to be honest with you, that just hit me like a ton of bricks. I came from this place of you have to work hard. You have to work hard. I was used to working 50, 60 hours a week physically, never saying no to a company. I watched my parents work very hard, you know, and so I equated value and worth to working hard instead of now, you know, my, a friend of mine said this to me today, we were talking about white spaces. I've gotten all this clarity after COVID 
She said, your white space is getting a lot more expensive. And I said, it absolutely is. I know my value and worth. Anyway, the two exercises that will help you get massive clarity on how you want to feel. And if I sound like a broken record, it's because these things work. First is the ideal everyday day exercise from Frank Kern. You can Google it. Uh, you don't have to. And I linked to it in the, in the show notes. Uh, you're simply going to take some time to write out what your ideal everyday day looks like. The first time I was, I did this, I was floored because I was pretty close to living it. And like I said earlier, I can 100% say that I'm living it now. My day, I woke up to no alarm. I only had one call today at 10 o'clock, which I'm going to work on minimizing calls. That's on a mission for me. And I woke up at 10, I mean, at like eight, I got ready. I made my coffee. I took my dogs out. I had one call at 10 with my mentor, which was super fun. I'm recording this podcast day. I've got a newsletter to write. I'm sitting here looking at the Pacific Ocean in Costa Rica. It's nuts. Like, this is a good life. I am super content. But, you know, that, and that's going to change and evolve, right? So, my biggest driving force has always been freedom. And this came from, you know, having spent so many years in retail management, I made a promise to myself that I was never going to have keys to a building that I didn't own. And while I'm renting here, I intend to buy here also. But, you know, I'm saying like, I didn't want to have to be responsible to going to an office or to opening a store or doing it. I'm like, I'm never going to do this. And I'm never wearing a name tag again to save my life. Now, lanyards at events don't count. Anyway. You know, freedom means a lot of different things to different people, but having the freedom and flexibility to be there for my kids when they were growing up, to be able to take time off whenever I wanted to, to not have to set an alarm, well, once the kids could drive themselves to school, to be able to take a nap or float in the pool in the middle of the day, all of this equated to freedom. I, I mean, I forget, like, you know, I'm. it's now that I've made this decision to stay down here, I've got a lot of visitors coming in the next year. And, um, I was thinking about that with both my brother and sister. I'm like, you guys come down, you have a free place to stay. It's just flights and you can get round trip tickets from LA. I even saw them to Sacramento on Scott's cheap flights for like three fifty round trip from Sacramento. And it's like two seventy from LA. They can get down to LA, but I forget that they've got limited vacation time, right? It, it's like, it doesn't even enter my thought process anymore. Anyway. All of these things that matter, these are what equated to freedom, you know, and there are different times in my business where it's like, you know, I used to drop the kids off to school and I'd go straight to the gym. And then depending on what time it was, I'm like, I'm just going to go get Target knocked out of the way. I was never one of those people that needed to get dressed up for Target. I'm like, eh, sweaty and stinky from the gym. I don't care. I'll go. But I like being able to do things at, at whatever time suits me. The second exercise that will get you in the right frame of mind, if you take it seriously, meaning have fun with this, don't attach a meaning to this, just do it and be present, is the what if exercise. I've shared this before on the podcast, but basically you're going to focus on positive what if statements. Unfortunately, our default tends to be, well, what if this doesn't work? Right? What if this doesn't work out? Um, me investing in this this premium course, this pr- it's a program because there's co- there's coaching calls. It's a high ticket kind of a hybrid model of coaching and courses. Um, but it's not one-on-one coaching note, note to everybody. Um, like a default could have been like, Oh my God, what if, what if I can't afford this one month or what if, well, you know, that's a default. And I'm like, what if this changes my life? Right. What if it does work out you guys and where I'm at and the space I'm coming from today, there is absolute hundred percent. This is definitive. This is going to work. Will it work exactly how I want it to right out the gate? No, but 
I'm all about iteration and, and getting better and better. So that doesn't bother me at all. After you've done these two exercises, it's a lot easier to see patterns as to what your priorities are and how you want to spend your time. So here's a bullet list of my examples. Once you have the bullet list down, you should drill deeper into each one of these. And as you do that, ask yourself how you feel with each statement. So lots of white space in my week, less calls, max two to four per week, no calls on Monday and Friday, which I'm sticking with and is delightful. The majority of my income comes from coaching and courses, both cohort based courses and self-study. I have a couple clients here and there that I do, (laughs) believe it or not, copywriting for web pages and or emails and stuff. My time is split between creating coaching and marketing and enough white space to create income streams that don't rely on me as the brand, the name, the voice. I may or may not have talked about this because I can tell you what I wore in an argument in sixth grade, but I cannot tell you if I said this to you two months ago, but is, um, you know, uh, doing another e-commerce brand and side note, there is going to be a version two of the content creators planner. More on that. Jody and I have sort of had a come to Jesus conversation for ourselves, not with each other. <laughs> um, like what are we doing with this anyway? More on that later, but I want to run an e-commerce brand with a team that has nothing. I've got a, uh, something in the dog space and I've got something kind of in the spiritual mindset space also, going to start with the dog space. And at that point, I will invest in working with my friend Trey because he knows what he's doing. For now, I'm staying focused. I'm staying in my lane with with the email marketing and newsletters. But my point is that I want enough white space in my week that I can give time and attention to an additional business that's another revenue stream. Okay. In one of my recent F Hustle newsletters, I talked about the time lottery. (laughs) And it was fun because this totally, it was amazing to see how many people this resonate with. The time lottery is every time a call or an event is canceled, I feel like I won the time lottery. It's like, woohoo. And and here's the crazy thing. It's even though I'm the one who scheduled these calls and I, it's, you know, I like the people that I'm on these calls with or that I'm getting together with. You know, I never said this made sense, but it, it's just how it happens. It's as if I feel like I get this like, oh my God, I have free time now. What can I do? I'm going to accomplish something. I may choose to Netflix. It doesn't make a difference what I choose to do at the time, but it feels delightful. Because like I said, I know myself well enough at this stage that I go into massive resistance when I feel like I have to do something. Again, even though I may have scheduled it, now all of a sudden it's something else I have to do. Okay. And the fun part of acknowledging this process is it doesn't hold the same. It doesn't have a hold on me. I'm like, oh, you're, you're, you'll, you'll get over this. Just do what you got to do. <laughs> like, I don't allow myself to overthink it. I've accepted it's part of my process and I just move on. I also go through periods of time where I need to pull back and retreat. And God, my therapist said it's self-fueling. That's what we need to do during those times. It doesn't mean... I'm depressed or don't like what I'm doing or I'll never get my energy back. I I go to hashtag drama class. A friend and I do this all the time. We go really dramatic and then we're like, okay, that's kind of ridiculous. You're fine. Just you're tired. Just go take a nap. But, you know, it's, um, we, we have those phrases. I, gosh, in the last week I went from, you know, felt like I, 
not also say it lost January. It was invaluable. But then as I've gotten this clarity, I have felt like I've, you know, got this ridiculous amount of energy and I want to talk to anyone and everyone. And then I overbook myself. I literally canceled two calls this week because I'm like, Kim, you've got I a, a copywriting client. I do have some deliverables. And I'm like, you need to get that done. You've got the podcast. Like I've got stuff I have to get done and I cannot decide. And I cannot decide. I guess I can't. But the point is, I had to make a decision. How's that? I had to make a decision as to the priorities this week. And all of this has been a process, you guys. So I know that I don't like seeing super full days. And part of my investment in this program also requires me. I'm not going to miss calls. I'm going to show up to those calls. So now that I have those calls added to my calendar, because you get to subscribe to the calendar, they're not going to be available for double booking or anything, right? So when you're clear on how you want to feel, make a list of the things you truly enjoy doing in your business. The things that make you want to focus on mastery and you can get, you can just get lost in time, right? You lose track of time when you're, when you're focused. As much as I love engaging with people, because sometimes when I read what I write, I feel like I sound like a bit of a hermit. Um, I require a lot of time to myself. <laughs> it's a great example, you guys. I think I've probably been more social in the eight months I've been in Costa Rica than I was in the previous five or six years. Okay. And I know we had COVID in there, um, but it's really easy to get caught up in the day today. And so last night went out to dinner with some friends and my friend circles sort of, you know, it's starting to expand here, especially now that I'm like, I'm staying right. So I'm like, all right, let's start stepping it up. At the same time, I do not like being overly booked and so um, these friends, they had their kids and their kids, significant others are in town for the week. And these are friends of friends that have become my friends and they invite us to dinner for their, when I say us, I mean my other friends. So we all go to dinner on the beach, beautiful. And I was in a mood yesterday. I was like, God, I need, I need to finish this. And I was working on the deliberate newsletter for today. And I was like, girl, you need to go eat and just stop turn your brain off for a minute. Right. And so go to dinner. It was beautiful. I was like, eh, two beers limit. I've got work to do when I get back. And then they're like, what are you guys doing Thursday? I'm like, well, I've got calls till like 12 to four or something. And okay, we'll come over. We're going to barbecue, plenty of food, plenty of drinks. And they're like, yeah, they brought down a beer pong for the pool. And I was like, you guys, I start getting like, oh my God, because my problem is that I get caught up in the moment. And next thing you know, I hate myself the next day. Um, but I've got an early appointment out of the area Friday morning. And so I was like, Kim, these are the moments that you get to hold on to. Like, I love all these people. They're really amazing people. And then another neighbor's like, oh, we're going to go up to this friend's house. He's got this amazing pool. No one's, we're going to have a pool party Sunday. And I was like, I was thinking, Oh, I can go in a week and get ahead of all this stuff. And I'm like, Kim, go do this. Right. So now I'm in this phase stage, whatever you want to call it, where I'm saying there's, there's more balance in my life and, and having just taking those moments. Um, I didn't work at all last week and it was delightful. I got to spend time with people. I just, you know, making sure I get the dogs out for a walk on the beach. They love it. I've been unleashing them. It's been really fun to watch how happy they're even going in the water. I was stunned. But, you know, this, this balance for me, it's, it's been really interesting. 
And at the same time, when I when I'm telling you this, these stories, and not because like I think I'm popular, um, but it's because I also require a lot of time to myself. And people that are really extroverted, it's kind of like that. Why wouldn't you want to go out? Why do you want to like sit at home? I'm like because I need to not talk, right? I need to not engage. I need to not be on. I this this is what I need. That's it. Anyways, this is why I prefer writing and podcasting to video. Honestly, I don't need to be on. Although I'm pretty on when I record my podcast, right? I don't record if I'm not feeling it, which is also why this took so long to get to the recording of this. I more or less fell into writing through podcasting, right? I told you guys I wrote I write my solo shows out first. Um, and I have found that the process of writing out my thoughts first helped me get clarity as well as become a better writer using Grammarly and then going back and not needing, I've got, I've just got to write this and get it out. And I believe that done is better than, you know, this perfection. And I think it's honestly, oftentimes a, um, just procrastination or an excuse. It's gotta be perfect. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I I look some of the stuff I write, you guys, I I wonder if I ever paid attention in English pre-Grammarly because I read this stuff. I'm like, girl, what doesn't even make sense? Um, but it's, it's been, guys, do you hear that all of this has been a process and I, I I don't know what it is about doing this work. I think I love it so much that doing this work, I have found an ability within myself to deploy patience and trust. And I don't worry about something working or not working. There's times I've been disappointed, don't get me wrong and stressed. And I borrow trouble just as much as the next person at times. Um, but it, it really was through looking at all of this as a process. You know, when I got frustrated with being in client work and I decided to dig deeper into the old mantra of the money is in the list, that's when I, I went all in with trying to figure out email marketing. It was only through the doing that I found this path. This is what worked for me. So once you're clear on what you love doing, start doing your research and see how other people are doing it. The other thing is I want to clarify something else. You need to make sure you the money monkey's off your back. So if you're stressed about money and you bring that to every exchange, launch, creation, it's it's going to backfire. And so that's where I talk about mindset, guys. Do whatever you need to do to keep the cash flow going, right? Me making this investment, I'm like yeah, I could take on a couple of copywriting clients. I'd rather have the cash in the bank. I'd rather have the cash flow and not have that stress. So that's where I start looking at, okay, what things am I spending time doing where there's not a return on the investment of the time? Because time is what matters most to me, right? Um, but, you know, you know, and as an example, and you guys, I if you have recommendations, I'm all ears. The more I started digging into email marketing, the more I, re- I realized that there are way more men teaching and talking about this than women. Okay. And you guys, I don't know why it's the recovering Catholic. I have to disclaim and, you know, pre-qualify everything. This is not an anti-men and email marketing. Okay. This is about missing that resonance because the bottom line is we're friggin' different, right? I know there's a ton of women copywriters who also talk about and teach email marketing, but I haven't found many. There is a handful um, that focus solely on email marketing. And I guess I'm not either with newsletters. But, and it's, again, it's not in judgment, but in doing my research, I felt like the, there was an opportunity. And so I subscribed, followed, and read everything I could get my hands on. 
Um, you know, and I've done the same thing. So that was like when I was doing the content marketing, right? But I've done the same thing with email marketing and newsletters that I did with WordPress and content marketing. I started by sharing my journey, what I was doing and what I was learning. The more I do this, the easier it is to claim my expertise because I'm getting results. And I'll tell you this, even if you're not getting results for you, but you're getting results for clients because you're in a certain, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But you know, I, I've seen too many people learn buzzwords and I, I'm not negating myself from probably having been there because you don't know what you don't know, but it always comes back to the results and the transformation that you can give, get whatever. Okay. So the more you step in and focus on doing and getting clear through doing the more results you're going to get. All right, let's see if we can. Oh, this is wordy guys. Thanks for, thanks for bearing with me. I did not realize it was going to be so long. My, my update was long. Here's another note. You are the only one you need permission from. All right. Have you ever purchased a product or a course in your area of expertise only to think, huh, I already know all this. And better yet, you're already doing most of it. Or maybe there's a next step to, to step into, right? Because of my pivot to email marketing and newsletters, because this is fairly new, and in terms of proudly proclaiming this is my forte, my niche, so to speak, which I'm going to be creating my own category within this space, and more on that later, I'm always paying attention to what's happening, right, in, the, in that space. And not from a place of distraction or not doing the work. You know, like I said, I've run two pilot programs for email insiders, and we'll be launching the new program shortly, but from a place of learning and wanting to continually get better. I like perfecting the craft. Last fall, I purchased a course on email marketing, and I want to say it was $1,500. So after digging in, I realized this is, I'm not her target audience. They're, this is for people who are brand new to this. I would say people who I work with um, have an existing business. They understand email marketing. They're not doing it. There's some mindset shifts that need to happen. There's some frameworks and coaching involved, right? So there's a different level of what this looks like. Um, so after digging in, I was like, huh, I don't need this. And I refunded it and I was super polite. I said, look, this looks like a great program, but honestly, this is what I'm already doing. And I don't, I, I don't think this is a good fit for me. And they were like, they were, it was great. Right. It was my own swift kick in the pants to say enough. It's time. And here's the thing. And again, this is not a dig at the fellows listening or reading this. It's more of a call out to the ladies. This is something women seem to struggle with way more than men. I've talked to my therapist about this quite a bit, as well as the copious amounts of reading I've done on the subject. It comes down to the way we're wired. Women are wired internally, men are wired externally. And the whole point of this is that you're not going to feel comfortable claiming things, owning your greatness, or deciding you know enough to help people and make a great living until you do it. No one is going to tell you, okay, Kim, you now know this much about email marketing Therefore, you can create, you can claim and state and, you know, stake your flag in the ground here that you're an expert in this and just let, let go of what expert means doesn't mean whatever. No one's going to tell you you can do it. And if you see the post, we've all seen this. And if you haven't, you need to Google this. I have the Giphy, the GIF. Yeah, the Giphy. It's a GIF. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of the website Giphy of Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. He like he has this video where he's just screaming, "Just do it." Anyways, it's kind of funny. Um, so you know, I was having a conversation with my son 
this, the post says last week, but it was clearly last month. He was saying he was a little bit scared about this next chapter he was in. He was stepping into something completely different. And I just told him like, dude, that's how life works. Of course you're scared. That's how we grow. Right? Like think how boring life would be if we didn't get that feeling of I did it or that victory when we master something. Little kids are amazing. Right? When you think about toddlers, it's like, I did it. And they are ridiculously proud of themselves because the world hasn't gotten to them and said, well, you should have known that. Or, you know, cultural norm. None of that stuff is sunken into their little consciousness. They're just like, oh my God, I couldn't do this. Sorry. Welcome to dogs and windows in Costa Rica. They literally just say, oh my gosh. And you can see the accomplishment in their faces when they've done something on their own for the first time. You guys go back to that place. Go back to that pride you feel for committing to learn something and getting good at it. Know that you're building on your strengths every day. Get comfortable with the discomfort and claim your expertise. The world is waiting for you. I truly believe we are living in an amazing time. Is there more competition online? Absolutely. But I've said this about, I use uh, newsletters and podcasts, right? There, you know, these ideas, these days of being the early adopter, right? Like, why do you think people flooded so much to Clubhouse? Was it fun for them? Probably. I'm not negating that. But it's there's this idea of, oh my gosh, I can be an early adopter. I can get in this for the ground floor, right? Anybody using Clubhouse? I don't know. I see Twitter spaces popping up a little bit more. I digress. Um, more than that, though, is, you know, you can still start a podcast and do really, really well. You can start a newsletter. It's still the early days because the truth is most people quit. Most people give up before they've given it the time and attention. I mean, how do how did I end up with a, a sponsorship for the podcast? Because I've stuck with it. Have I had times where it's been, I've gone quiet or life? Absolutely. But I'm, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so I, I am just asking of you, to start treating yourself with a little bit more compassion and kindness and granting yourself of being worthy today, right now, right now. Like, I hope you guys feel like you just sat through a motivational speech because that's what this felt like. It wasn't my intention. It was more of a, I just want to see, I just want to see you, you know, really come from that place of I'm doing this. I created this. You know, it's like when I talked to my friend the other day from this company and she just, when she said, she's like, God, can you really stuck with this and figure this out? I was like, yes, yes, I have. I did this. I created this. So anyways, I love you guys tons. Um, if this resonated with you, let me know. I love hearing from you. Um, I've gotten to the point now, if you're on my email list where I'm like, wait a minute, nobody replied to this email. I'm so used to, I love talking to you. Um, a couple things coming. So I do have a new email course. that's free. It's called easy email marketing. So that's coming out. You'll be hearing about that shortly. In the meantime, if you haven't shared this, um, follow me on Twitter. I'm just Kim Doyle, lowercase, all lowercase, um, and leave a review. I'd love it until next time guys. And yes, you'll be getting the podcast every week. And thanks again to my sponsor, Cloudways.